you're listening to a message from Lifeway Church. For more information about our church and our ministries, please visit www.lifeway.church. Now, please enjoy this message from our pastor, Bruce Rhodes. New series for the next five weeks. It's going to be Twisted Truth. Truth is being twisted. You know, I was thinking about the series and it took me back to when I was a little kid watching a black and white TV. How This is going to kind of date everybody in the room. But do you remember the little robot? It goes, danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger, Will Robinson, danger, warning, warning. On Lost in Space. <laughs> I can still see it. If you go to YouTube, you can look it up and find it. All the, all the millennials in the house go to YouTube and look it up. You'll find it, the little robot. Warning, danger. There's an urgency in the air, guys. You know, when I was watching that as a kid, you always knew when that robot came in that there was something that was about to happen. Something's going to happen. And... Uh, You know, the show may have been moving along kind of at a slow pace, but when the robot came in and said, Danger, Will Robinson, something was about to break loose. Well, something is breaking loose here. It's not about to happen. It is happening. There are things that are going on in the earth that I had never dreamed even 10 years ago that we would be experiencing. Um, Two things specifically that I need to be real um, candid about, you know, People like authenticity. We need to be real as a church. We don't need to ignore things or sweep things under the rug. But there's been a couple of things recently that have just really um, put me in a place of prayer, honestly. The first thing is this turning away from the faith and departing from the faith. Not not just somebody that was uh, made... A confession of Jesus a week ago, but people that have been serving God as pastors and worship leaders coming out on social media and denying their faith, denying Jesus and turning away and saying, I was living a lie and now, now I'm looking for this new truth. And it is troubling. You hear the people in the body of Christ and what's going on here? Something's happening. Something's happening. And then the second thing just this past week was another pastor who committed suicide. And this particular person was uh, somebody that God was using to help people not commit suicide. And so you know the truth. You know what to do. You've taught what to do. But still, this is happening. Still, this is going on. And so this series over the next five weeks is going to be very um, timely and very beneficial for all of us. Uh, This idea of twisted truth. What, what, What do we believe? Why do we believe it? And does it make a difference? Does this make a difference? Does the word of God, does the person of Jesus make a difference in your life? 
We've got to come to grips with this. We have to open our eyes and we can't just say, well, you know, it was just all God's will. No, there are people that make choices and those choices have, have consequence. And so it's, it's very clear from the Bible, very clear. That's why I wanted uh, us to, to go into 1 Timothy chapter 4. But there in your notes, you're going to notice four things that I put there as the responsibility of a pastor. Before, before we read the scripture, I want to point out four things that a pastor is responsible for. Because not every member in the body of Christ understands this and understands the the responsibility. It's, it's one thing to stand up and speak for 35, 40 minutes on a Sunday morning. It's another thing to, to be a watchman over someone else's soul. It is not something that you just choose to do. It is not a career path. It is a calling that is divine that comes from God that requires His anointing, His ability, His strength, his grace, his mercy, or people check out. One thing that I wanted to say that I didn't say about the young man that committed suicide this past week. Somebody, some, some of you know that there was a dear friend of mine over a year ago on Easter the Saturday night before Easter that committed suicide, a pastor, friend of mine that I'd known over 25 years. And I want to be very sensitive to um, the subject and also the people in the family. But ministers are as, uh, as human as, as anybody else. And we deal with things as much as anybody else. But there's help, there's hope, and there's strength from the Word of God. We're all required to continue in the Word daily, daily. The enemy doesn't take a break. The enemy doesn't take a vacation. And he's looking anywhere that he can come in. So the responsibility of a pastor, number one, is guarding the truth. We're responsible to guard the truth. Pastor Sheila and I talk about that responsibility all the time, to guard the truth. What, we need to focus on the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, not my truth versus your truth, what somebody else said was truth that was just their opinion. We need to guard the truth. The second thing, we have to refute heresy. Erroneous teaching, we have to refute that. The only way we can refute heresy is by the truth. Exposing heresy by the truth. And then number, number three is confronting false teaching by teaching correct doctrine. So it's pointing out heresy, but then teaching the correct doctrine from the word. Again, not my opinion, but this is what the word says. This is what I believe. This is not based on someone's experience or lack of experience. And the fourth thing that we're responsible for as a pastor is, is godly living. All through the word of God, it talks about uh, living that example. Jesus came and he, he taught 
how to live by his example. And then he told his disciples, here's why I did what I did. And I want you to do the same thing, just like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, even those that were about to turn on him and betray him and sell him for silver. He loved them, and then he taught them. Now, this is what I did because I love you. Now do it for each other. So we have to live godly. And we have to know the truth. We have to guard the truth. We have to refute heresy and confront false teaching by teaching correct doctrine. Paul was Timothy's mentor. And Timothy was a pastor. And so Paul, by the Spirit of God, wrote this to, to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. He said, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Many times Paul uh, made statements that were teaching in nature. He encouraged, he used, he used his words to encourage, but the Spirit of God used Paul to prophesy. If you don't know what prophesy means, it, it means a foretelling to prophesy, to speak for God about something in the future. The word prophecy, it means foretelling. Jesus said this in John 14, 29. As he was meeting with his disciples before he left the earth, he made this statement. And now I have told you before it comes to pass that when it does come to pass, you might believe. There were a couple of other occasions where he said similar things, but he was telling them something before it happened. He also pointed to one of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to show us things to come and to remind us of the words that Jesus spoke. And so God doesn't want us to be surprised because God is not surprised. Nothing surprises God anytime ever. God is not surprised about what happened this past week. He's not surprised about people getting on social media and denying Christ and turning their back, outwardly denying Christ. He's not surprised. One of the greatest tactics that the enemy uses is surprise and shock. Shock and awe. And he wants us to say, the enemy loves it when the body of Christ says, what in the world's going on? Because in that moment, we're in a place of disbelief. How could somebody do that? How could somebody turn on God? It's not new, guys. Judas Iscariot walked with Jesus. Over three years, plotted and planned to sell Jesus out. Had a chance at the very last supper to, to, to repent. But he chose not to do it. Again, Judas Iscariot was not a robot. He had a choice. He didn't do what he did <laughs> because he didn't have any other choice. He had a choice. 
right? And so people, I'm using that example to say that people have turned on Jesus. People have turned on God. They've turned away from God. And this is nothing new. The Bible says that in the latter times, and the Spirit, the Spirit of God is saying this, not just, not just Paul. This wasn't just a man who served God, but this was the Spirit of God speaking through Paul. Because Paul said the Spirit expressly says this. I'm telling you that the Spirit of God is saying this. That in, the, in the latter times, people shall depart from the faith. But it always brings a question in our mind. Well, because the enemy always fast forwards to the next step. And when we hear things like this, the enemy says, well, if, if they couldn't stay true to Jesus, what makes you think that you can? <laughs> Where does that leave us? But we have a choice. Everybody say, I have a choice. <laughs> We're exercising our choice to stay true to Jesus. To look at the real truth, the absolute truth. The absolute truth. So we're living in the last of the last times. It's evident that we're living in the last of the last times. We don't know when. I don't know when Jesus is coming, and you don't either. But we all know that things are speeding up. And it's one day closer today than it was yesterday. Right? And the Bible has instruction that the, the, the faster that the day is approaching, the more that we should gather together. Why? Because there's power. We just came from a series that life is better together, and there's, there's power and unity. And when we come together and we, we focus on Jesus, that power gets magnified and amplified. Amen. Amen. We can see the truth together. Yes. And if, again, back to the responsibility of a pastor, if you're gathered together in a local fellowship where you're, you're getting that spiritual uh, nourishment and care, there's protection there. Yes. Amen. There's many people trying to find the right church. And after a year and two years, you still hear them say, well, I'm trying to find the, church, the right church. How many do you have to try before you find one is the big question. We need to come in out of the world so that we can be built up so that we can do some ministry, right? And so the church is a safe place and pastors are given so that we can Watch over. But we're in, this, in these last times. And look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Paul told Timothy, Preach the word. Everybody say, preach the word. Preach the word. That's what people need to hear. The word. Just make, make that statement. I want to hear the word. Did you come here to hear my opinion? No. No. Thank God for the word. Thank God for his word. His word brings light. His word brings truth. And this is what we need. Paul told him, they preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Reprove 
rebuke, and encourage with every form of patient instruction. So again, he's given characteristics of a pastor. Paul, Paul told Timothy, by the Spirit of God, you need to be patient, but you need to be able to reprove and rebuke. You need to encourage. And here's why. In verse 3, for the time will come when men will not, and we can say women too, will not tolerate sound doctrine. But with itching ears, they will gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires. So they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. This is happening right now. With all the truth that is being pushed through the internet and TV, cables, everywhere you see any kind of media. There are so many more Christian stations on the cable today than there was 20 years ago. Would you agree? There's so many websites and so many people and so many people out on Facebook that, that they're trying their best to preach the truth, the word of God, the gospel of Jesus out there, but people are, are turning their ears off because it's not what they want to hear. They want to hear something to suit their own desires, this, this, this verse says. If it doesn't suit me, then I'm going to turn it off. And as Christians, we put our head in the sand, and it's a dangerous place to be with your head in the sand. We, just, we, we think that if we just preach the truth louder and we never talk about false doctrine, that it will just go away. But it's not true. We have to reprove and rebuke false doctrine in the right spirit. In the right spirit and with the truth. So it's, it's hard to get in a discussion with someone who knows the truth better than you do. Have you ever had a cult come knock on your door and say, let's talk about the first chapter of John. And you get into a discussion that turns into a debate and the person you're having a debate with knows more about the Bible than you do. And so that's when we go and we bury our head in the sand and say, if, if, if I don't look at it, it doesn't exist. I'm good I'm good, so everybody else should be good. I've got, I've got my ticket to heaven. I'm doing good. I'm just hanging out till Jesus comes, and all this will blow over. No, we're supposed to make an influence in our, in our uh, community, <laughs> in our world, in our nation. We're supposed to be influencers with the love of God. The very first thing that people should see is our love, not how well we debate. Listen, love, let me just give an advertisement for love here. (laughs) Love is a bridge over which truth passes. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You can open someone's heart with love, and then they're willing to sit and listen to the truth. But for far too long, we've had too many Christians that, that know the words so well and can quote the word so well And we're throwing our Bible at people that need the truth, but they're rejecting it 
turning their ears and saying, I don't want anything to do with your God because of who you are, because of how you're acting. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so the world is searching for the truth, and we've got it. But as the church, it's dangerous for us to have our head in the sand. The scripture in First, First Timothy talks about people leaving and straying away from the faith. Yes. The faith means faith in Christ. And it's a slow drifting. It's just, if I gradually move away from the truth, gradually step away from the truth, eventually I'll fall off the cliff, Right? I, I didn't really do that, but you get the picture, right? There's a skit with a, there's a blind guy going down the road, and he gets off the road, and he's trying to find his way. And his friends are sitting on the, on the side over there, and he's headed toward the edge of the cliff. They don't say anything to him. He falls off the cliff. But it was gradual. He didn't just run and dive off the cliff. People are gradually moving away from their faith in Christ compromising their faith in Christ. And one step away is a compromise. One step away is a compromise. It's, it's in the direction away from. I like what, what, what this verse says, though. I find comfort in it. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says that uh, some will depart from the faith. That, that means that not all, not all of us, will depart from the faith. We choose to be one of the ones that will hold on to sound doctrine. Say that with me. I choose to hold on to sound doctrine. Now these next five weeks, we're not, we're not telling you anything to scare you. We're telling what we need to to prepare you. Because for far too long, we've just we've been satisfied with knowing what we know, the little bit that we know, and we're okay with that. But it's, it's to a place now where we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. Right? So let's identify the source of this departure. Why would people depart from the faith? We continue to read in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that they gave heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils. Deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils. These that had believed the truth and experienced the truth gave up the truth for a lie. Deceptive spirits work through confused people. And wherever you see someone deceived or they believe a lie or there's confusion, it's the work of the enemy. The work of the devil. Because Jesus even said that, he, that the, the, the devil, the God of this world, is the father of lies. And so that's one of the, the, the number one ways that he works is to spread lies and get people to believe a lie. The problem with deception is that it is close to the truth. The way, think about the way that the enemy seduced Eve to believe his lie. He went to the source. He waited for them to come. 
he appealed to their flesh. Hey, doesn't it look good to eat? If you eat this, you're going to know good and evil. Tempting with the lie, with a lie, constantly with a lie. How are Christians going to be deceived? It's not going to be through all-night drug and alcohol parties and sexual orgies. It's going to be through evil that's masked as good. Evil that's masked as good. It appeals to the flesh. This lie appeals to the flesh, just like it did in Eve. Listen, the devil doesn't use any new strategies. He just fashions it a little bit different for the different cultures that we come up with, right? The ways that we live. It's still the doctrine of devils. Here's a couple that I'm going to give you today. Just a couple. We, we could go uh, a long time over, over both of these Doctrines of devils. Number one is all roads lead to God. All roads lead to God. It's also called universalism. And people say it like this. Well, God is so, so wonderful. He's so awesome. Anybody that's just going towards the truth, he's, he's not going to keep them out of heaven. He, surely all roads lead to God. All, everybody's going to be enlightened in the end. We're all God's children. Sounds good, doesn't it? It appeals to your flesh because you don't have to make a choice. God has chosen you regardless of how you worship, who you worship. Buddha, Muhammad, Hare Krishna, you just name them. Ones that are alive, ones that have died. All roads lead to God. That's a doctrine of the devil. But it appeal, appeals to your flesh. It makes you feel good, but it's not founded on Scripture. You can't find that in the Bible. It's, it's a doctrine of the devil. It's an error, erroneous teaching. It's heresy. But it's found its way into the church. And I can tell you one person, I'm not going to, but there was one person who believed, just like you and I I'm assuming that, that you believe that the Bible is God's infallible truth. This person now is a pastor somewhere, and a, his church is universalist. And it's all, you don't, have to, you don't have to change your religion. Just come to our church, and God loves you, and we're all going to heaven. Yeah. The second one that I want to point out today is there's, there's no need to repent. Because God is so filled with love and he's forgiven everybody, you don't have to repent. You don't have to acknowledge your sin. In fact, we're going to erase the word sin out. Since we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory, God doesn't even look at that. He looks at us through the blood of Jesus. Now, it's sounding a little bit like the truth, right? Just like if I was going to poison my dog, I would not put strychnine poisoning in his bowl. I would mix it with a little bit of food. This is the danger of erroneous teaching. 
and doctrines of devils because it sounds good to the ear and it makes your flesh feel good. You don't need to repent. That's, that's for the old covenant. That's for the old Testament. That's what they used to do way back then. Things have changed now and God just loves everybody and accepts everybody. And it sounds good. Yes. He loves everybody. Yes. He accepts everybody, but love has boundaries and love does say no, (laughs) right? Love does have the way Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, not a way, a truth and a life, right? And so again, doctrines of devils sound good. And as Christians with good hearts, we want to believe those people that are, that are under that lie, that, that teaching, that false teaching. Yeah, there's no need to repent. No, there is a need to repent. John the Baptist even, even was, was calling people to repentance. There's a need to acknowledge your sin. Right? So, so that we can be cleansed. And we acknowledge the sacrifice of Jesus. So look at, look at this scripture in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those. That's a sad place to be when you've twisted the truth so much that you're telling people that good is bad and bad is good. That's where we're at. Guys, that's where we're at. That is the place that we're living in right now. Second Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 3. Now there were also false prophets among the people just as there will be false teachers among you. Again, this is Peter writing this, but it's by the Holy Spirit inspiration. There will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. See what happens when you deny the master, Jesus, who bought you? You bring destruction upon yourself. It's not God bringing destruction on that person. By denying and turning your back, you bring destruction upon yourself. You know, the world is looking for truth. We're in a truth crisis if you want to know the truth. <laughs> People are searching for the truth because we're living in a time where lies are accepted. They're accepted and they're expected and they're tolerated. Just think back a few years ago in the election of, of 2016. Lies. It was an old song. It just came back in my mind. Lies, lies, lies. You remember that? I don't know who sang it, but lies. And people, if everybody lies, then we all accept the lie. And if you expose my lie, I expose your lie. And the norm is to lie. And you think, what a terrible place to live and a terrible time to live in. But... How many know 
that when it's darkest, the light shines the brightest. (laughs) When the world becomes the darkest, the church should be shining the brightest. We emphasize the truth, but we've got to know the truth so that we can shine the truth. We can't fall for the lie because then we become dark with the rest of the world. We've got to see through this deception. That's why we need to be discerning so that we can see through this deception, see through this twisted truth so that we can expose the lie. So how do we deal with error in the church, knowing that there is error in the church? And I don't have time today to tell you all the error in the church, but over the next five weeks, we're going to get into maybe a few things. It's more important that you know the truth rather than try to chase down all the error. Because the more that you become familiar with the truth and you have the author of the truth in you, the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to recognize a lie. That's the way they train bank tellers. They give them a stack of ones or money and they'll put some counterfeit bills in there. But... But before they give them the stack with the counterfeit in there, they get them to examine the real. And they become very familiar with the real. So that when they come to a counterfeit, they can spot it really quick. The first, the first way that, that we deal with error in the church is, number one, we, we are not surprised. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. God is not surprised, and God is not falling off his throne. He's not surprised. His, he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Yes, his heart does break to a degree when one of his children cut their life short. I believe that. Because he is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. And mental health is a huge issue these days. It's a huge issue. But how, how much more should we make the truth the issue? Because knowing the truth, continuing in the truth, will set you free from mental illness. I don't, I'm not putting mental illness down and saying, oh, here's the Bible. Take it and read it and it's going to solve you. No, no. You have to constantly. There's accountability. There's, there's community that we need to be involved with. We have to hold each other accountable. We have to reach out when we're at that place. But we have to... The truth is the thing that breaks the lies. We have to continue in the truth. We have to cast down vain imaginations. But we're not surprised when these things happen. Jesus, in the sixth chapter of John, was not surprised when his disciples says, Hey, Jesus, look, there's a bunch of, bunch of people that are leaving. It says in, in John 6, a great number of disciples left. And his disciples came to him and said, they're leaving, they're leaving, they're leaving. What did he say? Oh, hold on. Let me see what I said and let me change it. So call them back because I'll I'll retract that. I'll change my story because I want to attract people. I don't want to send them away. Jesus wasn't trying to send them away. He was speaking the truth. And he was talking about some heavy things. He says, unless you eat my body, unless you drink my blood, you can have no part in me. Go study John chapter 6 this week and see what happened there. 
A lot of people heard what Jesus said and they were like, I reject that. I can't deal with that. I'm not a cannibal. There were, there were a lot of cultural things going on in, in that particular situation. But Jesus did not run after the people that left. And he wasn't surprised. And he said to his disciples, do you want to go too? To which Peter says, well, where would we go? Only you have the words of life. Only we found the truth and only one person. We're following you. And so don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. And don't harden your heart towards people that are dealing with doubt. Okay? Don't harden your heart to people that are dealing with it. Don't judge them. Don't judge them. Number two, ask the Lord to help you recognize the error in the church. Let me just say this. Not all Christian television should be watched. I don't know who approves these programs that get on Christian television. But there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there that's not true to the gospel. People's opinions, people's experiences, and honestly, I just don't even watch it. I will say that some of the points that we are going to be teaching over the next five weeks came from Rick Renner, who is a missionary to uh, Russia. He has a church in Moscow, Russia. He's been there for 30 some odd years, 40 years maybe. We support them as a church, and he's just come out this week with a new book. We're going to have some available next Sunday. It's called How to Keep Your Head On in a World Gone Crazy. And uh, so that is, is one person that I really trust with the Word of God because uh, he's not just a Bible teacher. He's a Greek scholar, and so he digs deep to find the meaning of the words in the original Greek. And there's some other reasons. And this is not a man that I just started following yesterday. <laughs> um, so, just to let you know. Ask the Lord to help you recognize. The way that we recognize is by the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit of God says, the Bible says He bears witness. Or He helps us to see what is right and what is wrong. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit today before we leave. We're going to have people that are praying up here at the end of the service. And you can come forward. You can say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit right here. We need, and those who have been filled with the Holy Spirit need to stay filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can recognize. It's one thing to be filled. It's another thing to stay filled. Right? It's one thing to take a shower last week. It's another thing to take a shower this morning. The longer you don't take a shower, the more you stink, right? <laughs> I'm not saying if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you stink, but I just use that analogy because it, it can kind of get us laughing. There's a, sometimes I'm not totally filled with the Holy Spirit, and I come into the presence of God, and he says, I want you to stay right there until I refill you. Anybody else been in that place before? We've all been there. 
But again, it's one thing to pray and receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, as a subsequent experience to salvation. But it's another whole other thing to stay filled with the Spirit. When we're filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit shows us. He tells us, turn that program off. Don't listen to that. There's error there. Now listen, the whole program is not going to be erroneous. There'll be things in there that you really don't need to hear. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 4, says, he said, take heed that no man deceive you. So whose responsibility is it? It's ours. But we have to stay in contact with the Holy Spirit. We have to stay filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can discern what's right, what's wrong, what's truth. And what's a lie? Because face it, guys, the, the devil's not going to come marching down the aisle and say, hey, I'm the devil. Right? Number three, stay focused. Stay focused. Here's a couple of scriptures. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20. The New International says this, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. In other words, guard the word. Guard the word. Guard what God has given you. Turn away from godless chatter and the, and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have departed from the faith. Right? Grace be with you all. And so we guard the word. We focus on the word. Stay focused on the word. Stay focused on the word. The more you recognize the word, the more you'll be able to recognize something that is opposed to the word, that is contrary to the word, that is just a little bit off. Keep hearing and doing the word. James chapter 1 says, hear the word, but not just hear the word, be doers of the word. Hear the word and do the word. Hear the word and do the word. Stay focused on hearing the word and doing the word. Titus chapter 2 and verse 1 says, But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Speak those things that are fitting for sound doctrine. Make our words line up with his word. Make your word line up with his word. If you don't know, don't say, you know. Say, I don't know. A lot of questions I've had that I've asked God that I still don't have the answer for. But it doesn't shake my faith. Number four, don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Stay moving with God. Even though you may not understand something. Keep trusting God. Even though I haven't received all the answers that I've asked of God. I still trust God. Even though something happens that I don't understand or can't comprehend or it really may hurt in the moment. I still trust God. Because God hasn't given up on you. God still believes in you. 
He still loves you. And he still wants you to succeed. No matter what has happened. In your life. Or somebody else's life. We see this all the time when something happens. In, in a loved one's life. The enemy comes immediately. Yes. With doubt. Well. God allowed this, God permitted this, God caused this. This is somehow God's purpose and God's plan and his will. And so people, yes, hurt in that moment. There's emotions that are wide open and the devil knows that. And he plays and he pushes and he plays on that emotion. And he's, he's taking the word and twisting it a little and seeing if you'll buy it. My experience is different. It's different. Different than everybody else. That's what they tell me. That You know. Don't forget the truth. Hold on to the truth. Lift up the truth. No matter what happens to anybody. I don't care if everybody walks away from God. I'm not walking away from God. (laughs) If you want to come with me, you're going to walk with God. If you want the word taught, come here. The word will be taught. We love people. We want to draw people. But we will not compromise the word to draw people. Jesus didn't do it. And we're not going to do it. We love you. We don't care where you've been. Or what you've been involved in. God loves you. And the truth is the only thing that will set you free. But it's the whole truth. And nothing but the truth. (laughs) It's not some watered down version of the truth. Or some man's opinion. Or if it makes me feel good. Again, my feelings have nothing to do with the word. Now, God can heal my feelings, okay? Again, I just said, he's touched with the feeling of our infirmity. Jesus felt everything that we would ever feel. But he says, hang on to me. My peace I give to you. Not peace like the world gives. If you've been thinking about ending your life, I know this is kind of a sobering thought at the very end of this message. But I'm not, I'm not going to back away from it. It's not the right thing to do. I don't care who preaches and who says that it's okay and it's good. God is not pleased with sin in any form. And he explicitly says what, what is sin. You don't have to end your life by taking it yourself. His power, his love, his strength is is more than sufficient. His grace is sufficient to carry us through. If his power carried Daniel through the lion's den, the three Hebrew children through the fire, Paul through the storm, beaten, left for dead. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for filling us with hope. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast. If you'd like
like to join us in reaching others by partnering with us today? You can give online by visiting us on our website at lifeway.church forward slash give. Thanks for listening to the Lifeway Church Podcast and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this.